So MSF, um, also known as Doctors Without Borders, is the English name, is a, an independent organisation. Um, and that's relevant for a couple of reasons. One is that the funds are independent. They're, more than 97% of the funds come from independent donors like you and I. Um, and the second thing is we're not affiliated with governments or church groups, for example, where we're independent. And that really allows us to have a very needs focused response. So we really look at the needs of the population and respond to the needs without having to, to work under any rules or guidelines from, from governments or, or any other organization. We've, we've um, known a lot about the medical issues in Kiribati for a while. So I thought maybe let's start with uh, how you guys got involved. So we actually received an invitation from the Minister of Health from Kiribati to the office in Australia asking for some support for preparedness and response for COVID considering that there, there was the concern that when the borders open in Kiribati that there might well be some transmission, some positive cases coming in and acknowledging some of the challenges in Kiribati around um, technical expertise in, in uh, specifically for critical care cases. So the Ministry of Health asked for some support um, to see if MSF might be able to, to come and offer some support during this COVID period. This, so this was last year, COVID struck them before you got there. How, how did you re rework your plans given that situation? Yeah, so actually what we did is we we decided with the Ministry of Health to, to have a small team of, of three really to do a bit of an exploratory mission to understand where the gaps were, where the ministry and the clinicians felt that the best support was should be aimed. Um, but we went in with a, a small team that included actually an intensive care doctor and a critical care nurse, acknowledging that if there was a surge when we were there, that at least we'd be able to be useful immediately. Um, and certainly from the information on the ground from the clinicians and the ministry was that, you know, this is the gap around critical care support um, the South Pacific community had been supporting during the first wave, but certainly if there was another wave, this would, would be a gap that would uh, be of most value for MSF to support. So when we did go in, we, we aimed to, to do a, an explo mission and understand where the gaps were, but enable us to transition immediately into a, a project and offer support. Right now, what is, what is the team support on the ground? So we have um, an intensive care doctor and the critical care nurse um, on the ground there at the moment. And we're going to expand the team. So we have a GP and also a logistician going in in the next couple of weeks. And the idea with that is also, obviously, we've been asked by the ministry to support for COVID preparedness and response. But clearly, the, the Ministry of Health has acknowledged that there are other needs and that, that maybe that MSF could offer some support around some other needs. There's obviously a high burden of disease related to communicable disease, but also non-communicable disease, high levels of diabetes um, and heart disease that makes you know, treating patients quite complicated. So we're also aiming to look at other needs, discuss with clinicians, community, and decide with the ministry if there's an added value for MSF to expand activities past the next few months in the longer term. When we heard that COVID uh, got to Kiribati, we were just thinking like this would be nuts because the po population density, you know, poor healthcare. From what you saw, how how bad was was that first wave, and and are things under control? 
Yeah, things seem things look like they're under control. I mean, actually, that you know, there is some more preparedness to do to make sure that if there is another surge, that really appropriate actions can be taken, and the staff feel really prepared. But the first wave went surprisingly well, you could say. I mean, there were a lot of people infected. As you say, the population density on the main island is very high. I think the estimate is something like 70% of the population on the main island might have been infected. There were over 3,000 cases, but there weren't the numbers of critically ill um, patients that were expected, actually. I mean, it was lucky it was Omicron, so, you know, less severe COVID disease. Um, and of course, the workforce on the ground is amazing, committed, flexible, you know, adapted brilliantly to, to the needs, considering the resources at hand. Um, and there was, you know, quite a lot of support as regards equipment sent in from, from different stakeholders and, and governments. Um, so the first response was, you know, really well done, considering the, the uh, resources on the ground. Um, and I think one of the fears among the clinicians and the ministry now is, you know, if, if it's a more dangerous variant, the, the concern is that it, it might not go as well as the first, the first wave and that the, the clinicians really want to be as prepared as possible um, if, if things are worse in the future. You mentioned, I'm seeing that as well as the stuff you're doing, that there are additional gaps that, you, that is mentioned. Yeah. What, what are some of those, those other health issues that you feel um, MSF could help with? Well, there are a lot of challenges, of course, in, in Kiribati and, and many of the small Pacific islands where you have these huge distances, especially Kiribati, where there's massive distances between the islands. So transferring critically ill patients, recognising critical patients that need referrals, the scarcity of doctors that have had postgraduate experience because it's quite difficult to access postgraduate clinical experience for nurses and doctors in Kiribati. So there's, there are lots of challenges. And on top of that, you have the issues related to high burdens of infectious diseases like TB and leprosy, uh, diabetes that makes even you know, fairly straightforward pregnancies quite complicated, actually. So midwives have mentioned this to us, that diabetes, you know, makes things very complicated. So there there are lots of issues around access to healthcare because of the distances, the transport costs and accessibility, and then high burdens of disease. So there's lots of challenges. And now it's it's the time in the next couple of months to really discuss with the, the population, the communities, the, the clinicians, health workers, doctors and nurses in the Ministry of Health, which parts of this MSF might have a, a, an added value in, in working towards to try and assist in, in strengthening some of these services. In terms of the, the resources needed, what, what, what kind of support are they getting and is it the right kind of support and, and what kind of support do they need still? Well, certainly from the perspective of the clinicians that we speak to, um, we always come back to the human resource side. So doctors and nurses and both numbers of doctors, but really the, the technical skills of the doctors, enabling you know, uh, doctors with postgraduate experience, so specialists in emergency medicine, intensive care medicine, and the same with the nurses. You know, it's very difficult for nurses to access postgraduate care. And this really will influence, as it does everywhere in the world, the quality of care that can be given to patients and therefore the outcomes that they have as regards uh, mortality. This is the the issue that's always raised to us is is the the lack of 
possibility to access postgraduate experience and really get that very good experience and capacity to be able to have the technical expertise to, to look after patients. So this is always the thing that uh, come, comes to us first. Of course, the challenges around that are very complex um, and that requires a little bit more understanding about, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit more strategic in understanding down the line how that could be strengthened. But then there are also additional things. So what we know is that if, if people don't have that great clinical experience or have had the opportunity for postgraduate training, that having very clear protocols or guidelines in looking after patients really helps. So these are some ideas that we, we will be talking about, is even developing perhaps protocols and guidelines that will really assist perhaps nurses that are working on their own on a small island when when they should be thinking to refer patients and not really waiting and, until the last moment when it's perhaps a bit too late. Um, midwives training ha hasn't happened on the island for a few years. You know, it might be there's there's something that MSF could could add around um, supporting midwives and neonatal care. So I think there's uh, lots of different things where we might have an added value, but really require strategically understanding with the ministry and the clinicians how that can really benefit uh, Kiribati on, on the longer term as well. So when we're not just coming in to do some uh, a, a small activity that has a very short term benefit. Yeah, yeah. I was, that was my final question was how long are you there for and, and which parts of Kiribati are you focusing on? Well, at the moment, we're in, on the main island in South Tarawa. Obviously, about half the population lives there. But we're really aiming to look at some of the islands, especially where there's hospital care. So there's a hospital in Tab North, also on Christmas Island. So we're aiming to get out to these um, islands and look at the hospital facilities and assess the, the, the needs and how, how easy or not it might be to improve the capacity um, of, of the hospital services. Uh, we also want to look at the referral pathways uh, and see if there's uh, anything there that we might be able to work on with the Ministry of Health. Um, but the, the islands and perhaps really also looking at where, where there's less staff or less qualified staff, acknowledging that that leaves perhaps a nurse on a small island, if that's the only healthcare worker, really a lot of responsibility. And what tools might this nurse be able to, to receive that really strengthens his or her ability to, to improve the outcomes for the patients? So we're looking at Tarawa, the main island, the hospital facilities. We aim to look at the primary healthcare, right from the community up to the hospital. What's, what's clear is if the primary healthcare level um, isn't strong, you do then end up with many more patients ending up in hospital that perhaps could have been managed in the community if certain systems were, were in place or a little bit stronger. Um, and the hospitals are quite burdened, actually. So it's uh, important for us to really understand how that works. So both the main island, but also some of the, the smaller islands. Right. And, and duration of your project? Yeah, so the duration, at the moment, we, we have an agreement with the Ministry of Health to work for four months, but that's really just to ensure that we've identified and defined a strategy going forward. Um, so we will, we will certainly be arranging, discussing with the Ministry of Health in the next couple of months how long the MSF project will be, but we will certainly stay longer than that, where we're looking 
certainly for a year, more than a year, to, to be developing activities in Kiribati. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, Alison. I really appreciate it. Karoy, thanks. Lovely to meet you.